Hello, everyone, and welcome back to GameCook on the Right. I'm your host, Dakota. And I'm Noah. And today we are talking about a very interesting topic. Interesting indeed. Yep. So, as most of you probably know, this week the House of Representatives is having a little bit of an identity crisis in the fact that they don't have a speaker anymore. So, uh, to lay down kind of the overall facts before we go in, Kevin McCarthy was the speaker at the beginning of the week. I guess when this comes out, it would be the beginning of last week. And now he is not. So let's discuss. All right. So let's kind of lay it down and go the play-by-play through what happened. So um, this all started with the spending bills that the House had to pass before October 1st, which is the end of the fiscal year. year. Um, The House has to pass like 40-something bills. They all got to go through the Senate. And then, you know, they become the spending bill. That's that's how it's done. But the problem was is that that didn't happen. So um, McCarvey had a bill, and the bill was, I would argue, a conservative version of the bill. And granted, it wasn't the most conservative bill, but I think a lot of people have to understand is that we only have the House, and it's by a slim majority. So we, ha- we, can't, we are not in 2017 right now where we can afford you know, have the luxury of having the most conservative bill we can. So Matt Gates and the, I guess the eight people, I don't even know if it was all eight of them, but Matt Gates and his flank, they did not like the bill that McCarthy put forward. They said it wasn't conservative enough. So they did not vote for the bill, which then led McCarthy to have to basically be like, okay, well now we're out of time. Now we have to do, a continuing resolution. And what a continuing resolution does is it takes all these 40 bills and it puts them in one big bill, an omnibus bill, and then sends it through the Senate. Basically saying, we don't have time to do 40 bills. We're going to combine them into one and push it out. Which then, Matt Gates got a little pissed at Kevin McCarthy because he technically violated one of his tenets to getting into the speakership. And then Matt Gates and eight peop- uh, seven other people that are Republicans and all the Democrats voted out Kevin McCarthy. Do you think that's uh, an accurate take on what happened? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think personally with everything that's going on, while this could have definitely come at a better time, um, the actual vote of no confidence that was put forward by Matt Gates and the other Republicans um, was lawful, I guess in the best terms. Um, his agreement um, in order to gain the votes of Gates and the um, other Republicans who were holdouts during his um, initial confirmation, um, he had to agree to a certain set of rules um, in which one of those was not passing omnibus bills, um, especially related to funding. He, um, Gates believed that all the bills should go through individually so that better spending cuts can be accomplished in order to cut um, funding to different organiza- uh, different um, parts of the government and be able to actually reduce some of the debt um, instead of continuing to increase it. And when um, McCarthy pushed forward this bill, it did break that agreement. It was an ominous bill. And while, like I said, it could come definitely at a much better time, um, Gates had every right to bring forward this vote. Well, in the legalistic standpoint, legalistic meaning House politics, Yes, Matt Gates did have the authority, I guess, to do what he did. However, I think that 
it is really thick for Matt Gates to grandstand on how dare Kevin McCarthy do an omnibus bill when Kevin McCarthy was the one that's, that had an, a conservative bill, which did a lot of conservative things, cut money, it did uh, spending for the border, a bunch of other stuff. And, you know, here, and he said no. Matt Gates said no. And so, in my opinion, Matt Gates is the reason that Kevin McCarthy broke his promise. Because if Matt Gates and his people would have voted on Kevin McCarthy's spending bill originally, we wouldn't be in this mess. Yeah. So with that, um, where do we go now? What do we do now? And I that is one of the big questions we have to look at as a Republican Party right now, especially looking to the House with this being a continuing resolu resolution for only the next 45 days. How are we going to get through this? I honestly don't know. Um, honestly, this is very embarrassing as a Republican. Um, you know, I think Ben Shapiro said it on his podcast is that um, the one of the rules of politics is uh, you never speak up. You let your opponent, if they're making a mistake, make the mistake. You don't like, you know, help them or hinder them. You just let them make the mistake, and, the and that's what the Democrats are doing constantly. Right, all now. the power to them too, because we would be doing the exact same thing if the if the situation was flipped. Okay, I'm not saying that um, the Democrats really aren't to blame on this one. It's us. We're the blame on this one. And not even all of us. In my opinion, there's eight of us. Eight Republicans have just destroyed basically our consistency in getting anything done in the House. And now they're trying to replace... Now, I'm not going to say that Kevin McCarthy was the greatest speaker, even anyone's first choice. He was the f basically the 15th choice because they had to do that over and over again. But I think that it is really, I don't know, crappy... For, for Matt Gates to like basically put Kevin McCarthy in a catch twenty two of sink the government or break a promise, and then get mad when he breaks a promise. Like it wasn't like Kevin McCarthy went out of his way to break a promise. He he tried to do it the right way and then they stopped him. You can't and and here's another thing is that you you can't have when 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 we're in the situation we're in, this isn't twenty seventeen. Where Republicans have the House, the Senate, and the presidency. We have one by a slim majority. Not everything that you're going to want to see is going to be in that bill. Because we don't have the bargaining power to put everything in that bill. I think that the bill that McCarthy had was conservative enough for me to say he wasn't, you know, being a, a cringe rhino. But I don't and, – and I think that that's definitely seen by the amount of, I would argue, pretty – farther right conservatives still voting to try to keep McCarthy in. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people tried to keep McCarthy in that are more of the far right. And I, I think that that shows that this isn't a, you know, McCarthy being a little, you know, rhino deal. Right. I mean, this is Matt Gates trying to get Matt Gates clout deal. And I can definitely see that. And I don't think that um, McCarthy is a rhino much more establishment. Sure. He is he is establishment. He, I won't. He's like definition on that. establishment, along with pretty much most of the Republican Party, unfortunately. Look, my problem isn't with getting rid of McCarthy in general. Okay, like I said earlier, McCarthy is no one's favorite, but I do have a problem with a basically putting him in a catch twenty two to get rid of him. That's just slimy. It's sleazy, and it's more of the principle of that than I care about and the timing. 
the timing specifically because, look, in my opinion, government shutdowns do not help anyone, okay, except politicians grandstand. It does not help the American people. It, it doesn't help our armed services who don't get paid, and they go out every day, risk their lives, you know, for our country, and, the, and, and we can't even go to pay them. And it doesn't help the federal workers, which, I mean, there are numerous of. And whether you agree with the, you know, expansion of the federal government, you know, in different organizations or, uh, you know, removing some of that, cutting that, they're still there right now. And I believe we have an obligation to, to pay the people that we entrusted to work, at least until we, we cut programs. But – and I think that that's not really good for our country to use – basically people's paychecks as a bargaining chip, especially when, you know, we're doing all this other drama. And I think that if we wanted to get rid of McCarthy, which I think shouldn't have been done in this way, you should have waited until after this whole debacle. Yeah. And another part of it that comes into it is when they were deciding some of the rules um, going into the signing uh, into these bills, they made sure if the government shut down, Guess who's still going to get paid? Congress. Ukraine. Oh, well, Cong- I thought Congress was also getting paid. Congress would get paid as well. Of course, well. Congress gets paid, paid. and yeah. Ukraine gets paid. paid. Go figure. But the American people do not. And that's something – here's my thing, right, is that if this was solely on Ukraine, and I think that we – McCarthy, I don't think has done a good job with Ukraine. No, I do not either. But this isn't about Ukraine. This is about – The American people. This is about the spending bill and the omnibus bill. That's what this, this whole ejection is about. If, now, if you wanted to eject McCarthy for Ukraine, that's fine, but we should have done it after we deal with this. Yeah. And I think that this harms the American people because now we put all the, you know, we put a, a lot at stake for Matt Gates and seven more, including our own a very own Nancy Mace, which I have no clue what she's doing. Uh, to go grant, I guess. You know, she's not very popular down here. No, she's, uh, for, for those who don't know, a Republican um, representative from the Defert area. Yeah. Low country. Um, yeah, she's had a turbulent uh, popularity in the Defert area. For sure. But I'm, I'm seeing basically this is their opportunity to grandstand. And we shouldn't uh, applaud politicians for grandstanding. That's just – that's not what we sh- they should be there to do. They should be there to get their job done. And they couldn't even get their job done. The Republicans have the House. They couldn't get a bill on time. And, and to that extent, that is partly McCarthy's fault. But he, at least he had a bill. Yeah. Or bills, plural. Um, so I'm just really frustrated about this because this seems like the biggest time waster on the, on the planet. Yeah. But unfortunately, it's happened. What do we do now? Who do you think um, is going to come up in these re-election cycles? I know on the 11th, the Republican Party is meeting um, to nominate um, a replacement for McCarthy. And currently, um, Representative Patrick McHenry, Republican out of North Carolina, is serving as the temporary speaker. Um, others have come forward saying they're going to run, um, including um, Jim Jordan, a Republican out of Ohio. Um, Steve Scalise, Republican out of Louisiana. Um, and others are probably going to come forward in the coming days. It's not really a job people want. No, but um, another Republican that has been tossed around is uh, our very own Donald Trump. Yes, and he has actually said he would serve temporarily until they could fin- out, figure out a permanent um, speaker. And I think it'd be, it would be funny. It'd be really funny. After I, the, all the crap they've put him through, 
him to come in just like, hey, guess what? I'm your speaker now. It'd be really funny. Okay, I'm not going to lie. It would be funny. But I'm kind of not in the really the mood for comedy politics at this point. Like, we need we need to be serious, especially with the issues that we have to deal with and the fact that we still only have a slim majority. And at this point, with, you know, at a flip of the whim, eight people go vote when de- voting with Democrats, you know. So I, I think that we need to basically be serious and everyone just needs to chill out a little bit. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I, I just – and very disappointed in our party because we we have it in the bag. We have it in the bag to go and win 2024 because the Democrats are widely unpopular. Biden sucks. And and then we do stuff like this. It's like we need to be working towards 2024. That needs to be the the overarching unifying goal and not, you know, sitting here shooting ourselves in the squ- foot. Yes. Squabbling over the house that we the only thing we have is the house and we're we're shitting it away yeah and i i think that this is just not very forthcoming uh our politicians suck okay these these people suck and it, it is unfortunate the situation where we as the american people are now put in yeah i agree so unlike the republican party up in washington at least on campus on our level things are actually going pretty well sure. um you know yeah turning point uh, us and while UA is not political, they they like us. Along with um, advocates for life, advocates for life, um, and I know that there are some other groups that have reached out to us recently as well. Yeah, so I'm glad that like, you know, we as young people, at least at least we have it together, right? You know, as it, much as possible, at it, least we aren't having a, a giant. Now we've had our drama. Oh, we, for we've, sure. We've had our uh, ejecting McCarthy moments. But I think that we've learned to build a better um, conservative base yes, here on campus. Exactly, exactly. And you know, we've actually had some pretty good success recently, doing events, um, going and doing like we had our our dinner, kind of our social hangout event, and and that went really well. Well, great. Um, we we got some new members, so that's always a good time. Um, and then we've done stuff like we've been going, and you and me specifically, we've. I think that Vivek will be our third. We're going to hear Vivek Monday. Vivek will be our third um, presidential candidate that we've done in Hurt. Yes, he would be. Um, yeah, we're going up to uh, Winthrop um, on Monday. Um, recording this as of Sunday. Yeah. Saturday, excuse me. It'll probably be out on Sunday. It'll be out tomorrow. Um, but we're going up there Monday um, to hear him speak and be able to get uh, another perspective, um, get some merch, um, mm-hmm. possibly have a chance to ask some questions. Yeah. Um, so it'd be a good opportunity. Um, we plan to do this with as many um, Republican candidates as we can. Oh um, yeah, and um, we might have some opportunities in the near future as well. So stay tuned to that. Stay tuned for that. Um, but in all seriousness, I think that it's really good that we have these opportunities to go and and hear these candidates because it's one thing to hear them, you know, on the campaign trail. But like, I mean, there, it really is a fun time going to hear. We heard DeSantis first. He came through this summer. And then we heard Trump kind of twice. Um, One of them was a smaller event. So he didn't give a whole speech or anything. But he, he, you know, got to actually chat with him for a second. Yeah. And he got the crowd, you know, going and, you know, how he does. He's a showman. So, I mean, we heard him. And then we're now hearing Vivek. And, you know, I think that this is 
what young people need to be doing. We need to be going out and hearing the people that are trying to run for president. I think that this is something that we need to push as a cultural thing that we need to, as young people, not be apathetic. I heard one of my friends recently was like, I just, I don't care, you know, about the government. It's all a phony show anyways. Why vote? And I'm like, this is exactly what they want you to do. Exactly. They want you to go in and not vote and not give a crap because then they can do what they can do. We need to have accountability. And exactly. I think college Republicans, that is something that we try to do is have accountability to the politicians. When politicians do something that's not good, we don't clap for them. Okay, We tell them that's not good, and if they keep doing it, we vote them out. That is what we need to be doing. And that is now, in some ways, more evident than ever. Yeah. But And we also need to be able to push for politicians that can actually win. Like yeah. We need to be able to get politicians that can go out there, speak to the masses, and appeal to a wide amount of people. For sure. And then with that, um, we're even seeing it here in our state with some of um, our representatives, uh, I think, going into 2024 and 2026, um, mm -hmm. going to midterms, there's going to be a big change up of politicians. Oh, I yeah. think a lot of people are going to be voted out. There's people I'm hoping, hoping get voted out. I won't name names. but there, There's some people that I hope don't get voted out that are doing a good job, Agreed. like our like our Senator Tim Scott. I think yeah. Tim Scott's doing a really good job. Um, I think that, you know, I mean, he's running for president, and I think that running for president, he's been very consistent in his rhetoric. He has not, you know, slipped up and like, you know, oh, well, you know. He, yeah. he, he, he's, he's been the same Tim Scott. Yeah, which is I, – I really do appreciate not and, changing up your values just because yeah. you're running for president. And I know, you know, he's not doing amazing, but I hope that Tim Scott can become – and people like Tim Scott can become a more prominent figure in the party. Because I think, I think that he – and by the numbers that he got elected last year, he will. Oh, yeah. I mean, he got – I think he was second place to DeSantis in the amount of people voting him back in. He was very popular in the state. And I think we need more Tim Scotts. I do too. And – you know, I, I think that you're right that come 2024 and 2026, we are going to see a big difference because people like you and me are tired of some of these phony politicians that just sit there and do nothing. And then they'll change their, you know, th they'll put on a different mask depending on, you know, the day of the week. Um, yeah. And I think we, we both have a, a certain politician in mind. Um, Republican from South Carolina. From South Carolina. That, that narrows it down a little bit. Um, but I also think that. It's not just the higher positions, right? We got to be looking at state politics as well and local politics and even down to the school boards. That is where real change can be made. That is how the left is winning because they go into the school boards yep. and they go into local politics. And that is why when COVID happened, that is the reason that it was so bad in some areas because the local government had local ordinances and the school boards controlled all the children. Yeah, and actually um, coming out of um, COVID into 2021, fall of 21, mm -hmm. um, I personally went and spoke at a school board meeting and kind of flamed them a little bit um, because some of the stuff they were pushing um, within the football, um, well, actually within football games. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I was a um, member of the band in high school, um, and they wanted to push us out, out of the stands so that they could, quote unquote, spread out more. Um, and after going and actually talking at the school board meeting and meeting with the chair of the school board afterwards. Um, can't remember his name, unfortunately. Um, I found out more information and was able to actually get it changed. 
we were um, allowed to be back in the stands um, because it really was it ended up not being a school board thing. It ended up being a principal thing. But that kind of stuff, actually being active and going out and um, being active in your community, I think is something that's really important. And actually, Clemson College Republicans recently did an event with um, one of the Turning Point coordinators mm-hmm. um, learning how to be uh, a poll watcher. Yeah. And that thing's, I think something is really, really cool, being active in the uh, election system, holding the polls accountable. It's something that's really, really important, and oh, yeah. I think that's a great idea. Those people are very important to keeping our, our country going. Yeah, we I've, need to have secure polls. Exactly. And I, poll watch is very good. And I've worked I've, – I've actually been a poll worker before during the 2020 election. I worked as a poll worker, um, and it was really, really eye-opening. Um, I actually really, really enjoyed doing it. Long, long day. Uh, I think it was about 5 a.m. to 10 p.m. But it was really, really cool, and it allowed me to be active in my community and in national politics. Do you want to know something I actually learned, like, really recently? Did you know that there is a, like, mock election every election cycle where kids can go into the voting booths and vote? Oh, that's awesome. Like, and I think that that is, like, so cool because that teaches kids civics. I mean, that's a civic lesson right there. And they they do – I mean, obviously the kid totals because they're under 18. They don't count towards the actual total. But they do tally them and see this is what kids believe in should be, you know, who won the election. And granted, I I think that – the reason we don't let kids vote is because they don't have the wisdom. They don't have the – They're much more influenced by their parents. Exactly. But I think that getting the kids knowing that voting is a good thing. Voting is important. Voting is important. I think that that is a good thing to instill, and this is this, that's a really good program. I didn't know about it when I was a kid, or else I would have been at yeah, – I mean, I went with my mom to the voting Oh, yeah, as did I. Because I enjoyed going. Exactly. But I got a sticker out of it. Yeah, I got a sticker out of it too. Um, and if it was the good years, you also got a little lollipop too. I never and got a lollipop. I, they had them at, at my place and it was like, a, you know, I was like, oh wow, yeah, that's cool. But I would have voted. I, w- I didn't know, I didn't know they could do that. So I'm, I'm glad that like stuff like that, we need to be encouraging Gen Z and the generations below us to get involved. But we also need to make sure that they're getting involved in the ways that are, are good. We can't have any more of this like. I think we need to be very objective with how we discuss politics with the younger generation. Yeah. And I think that that's really hard to do when, like I said, these school boards, it starts on the school boards. I know we're getting so off topic. But, but it's me, important. It is important because, uh, I mean, these schools are getting more and worse and worse every day, and then it, it's always slanted. It's always slanted. Even in you know, conservative areas, the school boards seem to always go left because no one cares. No, absolutely. So – we as young people and we as college Republicans and we as Republicans in general all need to be very aware on who we're voting for and why we're voting for them. And we need to be alert around of our communities. Absolutely. And I think that tying this back to our, our overarching thing for this episode, I think that some people might need to do that more than others and maybe dealing with the problems in the house. Yeah. Absolutely. Having a strong um, central Republican Party who are unified together in order to pass true conservative bills that will actually help Americans instead of hinder and be able to just grandstand, that is what we need, not people who are doing it to get reelected. Exactly, and I think that that's why the Democrats keep winning because they're unified, at least on on the front that they put out. They don't have crazy stuff like this happening. 
the, you know that like I I know that you know Nancy Pelosi. We know as we follow politics, Na- Nancy Pelosi and AOC do not like each other. Oh no! But they vote together. They will <laughs> suck it up and and be consistent in in Congress at least to an extent, right? They're not going to go voting each other, you know. Although speaking of Pelosi, she see she got um kicked booted out of her office. I will say that is kind of funny. It is really um, funny. I think that uh good riddance. I I don't really particularly I, I don't think it matters that much. No, it doesn't. But it's but, still funny. But it is kind of funny that like the first thing that the interim like house guy did was like, Nancy, get out. It is 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 pretty funny. It is kind of funny. But I I think that we as Republicans need to be on the same page and we don't need to fracture and infighting so much. Absolutely. At least on on big issues. Like it's one thing if we have like this niche thing or and I or, or even bigger issues. I think that there is there are divides sometimes. Yeah, when but you look at stuff like gun control or abortion or any of those big button topics, there are going to be divides. People have different opinions yes, on it, especially but, depending on where you're from. But I think on a on a holistic note, we need to be look. We need to look unified. Yeah. Even if we aren't unified, we need to look unified, because right now we look like wimps and losers. Yeah. Who absolutely. can't even keep their own person in power. And I think that we definitely also need to change the um, the culture in Congress. Like you said, we need to be pushing for getting bills through. We need to be pushing for having conservative values. Uh, I will caveat that, that we also need to look at pragmatism in the fact that we only hold one of the three, so we are going to ha- sometimes have to make concessions, which does suck. I'm not for – I don't think that's a good thing. It's just a necessary thing. But we need to know wi- what kind of concessions we can and cannot make. Absolutely. That's something that a good leader can do. Exactly. Look, listen to the Voice of America on what – on yeah. your constituents of what you know are your hardline items. Yeah. Um, but I think we also have a – I think it's a big cultural issue. That's what's kind of flaming all of these issues. But I think that if we can, us as young people, we can go in and try to fix some of these issues. Maybe America will be doing better, you know, for our kids. Yeah, absolutely. I think some of the stuff that would go into that is there are changes, like I said, that need to be made in Congress. Mm-hmm. Looking at stuff like term limits. I agree with term limits. Absolutely. It's a great thing we need to there do. There was a recent proposal to bring um, – in response to actually a lot of the stuff that happened with Gates, um, bringing forward a proposal that would um, remove insider trading with also grading these be out. That's great idea. You're there to serve the public, not become rich. Yeah. Um, term limits, I think it was 12-year term limits, which actually is not bad. I don't think that's terrible. That's two Senate runs. That's like six Congress runs. But the Congress seats are only for two years. You know, that's not a lot of time to get stuff done. Exactly. So I think 12 years is pretty reasonable. I, I think that's reasonable. Um, and there's some other conce- um, other things within that that were pretty good. I just don't have it off, up with me right now. Yeah. but And I think that that is a good direction to go. Um, but I think that we, we need to be holding our people more. I, I think that my, my frustration – I'm more frustrated with this scenario because it's, it's kind of like, you know, when, when it's one of your people, you care more. Yeah. You know, and I, 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 I hold – I want to hold Republicans to a higher standard than I hold – the Democrats, because I'm not a Democrat, so you know Democrats going to Democrat, but I'm you know. But the Republicans, we can we can actually that. yes yes these we are can the be people the that represent can, us. Yeah, we can vote them out. Yes, if they start doing stuff that we disagree with, mm-hmm. if you're no longer doing your job, you should be voted out. 
Well, if you're going to sit there and flip and flop and flip and flop on your positions yeah. just to get reelected, or if you're going to become um, a certain people, uh, but um, vote initially as a, a Democrat, can't get elected, turn as a Republican, get elected, and sit in Congress for the next 20 years, you should be voted out because you be you're not a Republican. Yep. I agree. All right. Well, I think that was um, a pretty good episode. Um, stay tuned. Next week, I think we're having a pretty big episode. Um, I think we're talking with one of our student leaders on campus um, about a pretty controversial issue. Yes, sir. So stay tuned. Thank you for listening to Gamecock on the Right. Um, you can catch us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube, and also on our Instagram page, uh, USD underscore college underscore Republicans. We try to upload every week, so keep, uh, keep an eye out on that, and we'll see you later. <laughs>